Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is Wolves Weekly. With Mikey Burrows. Featuring the biggest names from past and present. All the teams, all the talking points. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows and welcome to another episode of the all-new Wolves Weekly. This episode features the former Wolves midfielder Dave Edwards and the former Wolves defender slash winger Claire Hakeman. We'll discuss Wolves women's cup exit at Watford and we'll also look ahead to Newcastle a little bit later on. But I started by asking Dave Edwards for his reflections on whether Wolves were worthy of a win over Spurs at the weekend. Yeah, I think so. It was a game of two halves, which everyone's said already, but the second half with the the changes the manager's made, I think he sort of really earned his money on Saturday for making those changes at halftime, changing the shape, changing the personnel. Some of the changes might have looked a little bit negative, bring on an extra defender, but he saw ways that um, he could hurt Tottenham and how he could get the players further up the pitch. In particular, when he went to the 3-5-2, how wide that Adama and Raul played. They sort of really played on the outside centre-backs of Tottenham. It just meant they couldn't get out. And I think that really got Tottenham, and really got Wolves up the pitch because first half, Ben Davis on the left and on the right-hand side, it was... Pedro Porro. Yeah, well, he was the wing back, but the outside centre back as well, Romero. Both of yeah. them were coming out of defence with the ball and overloading that midfield, which they struggled with. So he did that. And also, if you if you're leaving a Dharma in particular on the outside of a, a wide centre back, then they're not really going to want to venture forward. And they have so much room to run into when the wing back pushed up high, and it just caused them all sorts of problems. And that was considering the circumstance off the back of the last three games. I thought that was as impressive as what Wolves have been in that second forty five minutes when the pressure was really on. With I actually spoke to Claire before the game and said how important it was that they picked up our result out of these two games, Tottenham and Newcastle. Because if you go into those 
the Nottingham Forest or the Leeds and Nottingham Forest game without a win in five, then all of a sudden there's huge pressure on those games. So it was it was a big 45 minutes. There were two um, very subtle elements to what they did tactically, Claire. And and I want Edo to come back in on this in a second as well, because um, people might not have, have picked up on it. It wasn't just that they went to five at the back. It was the halftime switch to to change from having Lamina doing what we described as the Connor Cody role, the you know the ball playing midfielder as a sweeper, to actually having a very you know out and out central defender as part of that three, but also Traore playing a bit narrower and Sarabia kind of behind, so it was almost like a one and then a two rather than two wide players supporting Raúl. And I don't know how much that plays a part into what Edo's talking about. Yeah, definitely. I think a bit like Edo's just said, I think it was almost like a tactical masterclass in some respects. And the fact that Lopetegui was having to manage that first half, it was almost like backs against the wall and like, what are we going to do to see this out till halftime without conceding? So it was like Lamina throwing in literally man to man on Harry Kane. Those little get the breaks in play. It was terms, those, school, wasn't it? Yeah, it was class though, <laughs> wasn't it? It was such actually the most interesting game, despite the fact we had no shots. It was actually turned into quite an interesting spectacle in the first half, the way that it was always changing and um, constantly evolving because you could see the breaks in play really actually helped us because there was those long injury breaks. <laughs> Everyone surrounded Lopetegui. What's he going to do? He's going man for man on Hurricane. And, uh, Lamina did a hell of a job on him. Literally was going everywhere with him. You know, nicking in the head of him, really physical. Totally saw saw him out of the game in that first half. So, to the, to then change it in the second half and and find another way, which was completely different. And you know, if you think about it, in the game we had three different defensive combinations in within that game to keep that clean sheet. I think that's pretty impressive in in itself. That that the constant changing of in of personnel and and formation made us see, you know, ended up with us seeing the game through and winning three points is pretty incredible. And the changes that Traore brought on, like you say, it was uh, they just getting impact, getting on the ball, some some great combinations. But we spoke a lot on Saturday about the impact of Jimenez and obviously the substitutes. But I thought Jimenez was just awesome on Saturday. The, the body language was just totally on it, wanting it. Desire was unreal. He was getting the crowd going because of just the, the desire that he was showing and I think he was nearly back to the, the old Jimenez that we, we saw. He was nearly setting up goals with a you know a cross-come shot for Samedo, nearly caught on the far post, the header off the Troy Ray cross. I don't know, he was just everywhere, a big tackle to, for them to have a corner down in the bottom corner. Like, you know, I can't say enough about his performance and the impact that he had. So I think the, the subs impacting was, you know, was a major part of how we turned the game around on Saturday. Totally agree completely with the, the Jimenez summoning him up there. He was really back to his old self. I think the goal in particular, when you look at the three touches which he had leading up to that goal, so the first one where he just killed it dead, his second one, as he's killed it, he's moved it with the opposite foot then to off-balance the Spurs defender and get his half a yard, and then he released his shot really quickly. So in the space of a, a second, he had three almost perfect touches and obviously forced a, a save from Force, who would be disappointed to parry it back out. But... I think that was a man in confident uh, in a confident mood, whereas maybe a month ago, two months ago, I don't think he he does that. But he kind of built his way into the game. Maybe coming off the bench when he was wasn't expecting to and not ready, you saw him scrambling to put his shin pads on. Maybe he didn't have time to think about it, and he was just thrown into it. That might have helped the situation. But Jimenez is brilliant, and when Jaime Martino is on the bench and comes on, he always makes an impact in whatever way, whether it's calming the team down, whether it's affecting it. And I thought he was 
magnificent again for that 30 minutes or 20 minutes what she came on for played a big part in the goal where he received it back off Neves the players would kind of keep it moving out wide but he kind of reversed it back into him and has took on the difficult pass and obviously the goal doesn't come if it's not for that so yeah all the substitutions played a huge part Nathan Collins deserves a lot of credit as well coming in under it's not obviously not been since Dawson's come in, it's been difficult for him to get into the team so that would have done him the world of good as well I just wanted to get from you, Edo, just before we talk more about Raul, on Nathan Collins, because I say, you you both agree, Lamina did a brilliant job playing as that kind of roving sweeper, if you like, following Kane and and marking him out of the game. I just wondered what we thought was the the reason, because it clearly worked, but it it was a brave thing to kind of go, well, actually, I'm going to take him off and and I'm going to put Dawson in there and I'm going to just have three out-and-out centre-halves. Yeah, at half time, I was thinking when I saw the substitution, I thought, oh, Lamina must be injured or something. Because I thought he was brilliant in that first half. I don't think he started the game, Mark and Kane. They just couldn't quite get to grips of the midfields. And Lopetegui obviously recognized that Kane was dropping into these pockets along with Son and stuff. So he just said, right, let's make things simple. Lamina, you follow Kane round. The two centre halves, you deal with the other two, Kulisevsky and Son. But Harry Kane would have been buzzing when he came out for the second half. And Mario Lamina wasn't there because he literally gave him nothing. But <laughs> It was it was a change which say allowed Wolves to get higher up the pitch and with the two technical players in midfield. I know Lamina can pass the ball as well, but Mateus Nunes, who he did okay, still not up to sort of where where he can be. But having the the more solid three eight and eight defenders, I felt like Lopetegui knew they were going to have to defend cross a little bit more because they were getting higher up the pitch and they were conceding that space out wide. Whereas obviously when they play um, four two three one or four three three, they have two two players with a fullback and a winger out wide where they only have the wing back. So Wolves always look comfortable defending crosses with a three. So I think that played its part. And all three of them played really well, I thought, the centre-backs. And it would have been difficult for Nathan Collins to come in as well, sort of having not played for a few weeks and knowing that everyone's eyes would be on him. And just to get through the game without making any errors and then contributing in possession, I thought he he did really well. On Raul, Claire, um, I think there's probably an element, isn't there, of... Um of a bit of match fitness more than anything. Cause I think people forget actually just how little football he played this season, even the fact that he was at the world cup, but he was clearly undercooked there and then to come back and, and not quite be um, fully ready to have had the last couple of starts. And okay. He was taken out of the starting lineup for the Spurs game, but being introduced into it there, you could see a guy who had played three games who, who kind of was, back up to speed but the key point I wanted to raise because you know that I was talking about this before the game was shooting from outside the box because we didn't have a single shot from outside the box at Anfield on the Wednesday night and I know I referenced the fact that it was Tim Robinson his last Wolves game was the Neves volley all those years ago and we'd scored so many goals from outside the box but it was a key thing wasn't it because Neves had a couple of efforts and then when you see Jimenez taking on that shot from just outside the area, I, I don't know. I, it lifts the crowd when you see people shooting from there. It starts to ask questions. And and it felt like it was a momentum thing that we were taking on efforts. We didn't necessarily have to walk it in and get so close to goal. 
Yeah, I think there was that little passage of play, wasn't there, where I think we had about 10 minutes or so where you f- you actually felt like the, the game had changed and it, we were on top and we had that momentum. So I think everything, you could see it, feel it all escalating. The crowd were getting behind us. You were talking, I could, you were saying that people are talking about, we think we're going to score soon. And you kind of, everybody could feel this moment was almost coming. And, you know, we had a couple of Neves efforts, you know, just over the bar and the keeper was parrying bits, chipping, p- pushing it away. So we'd got them almost a, a little bit on the ropes which was you know you'd never seen that coming in the first half the way that we played in the first half so um, it was great to see Jimenez having that confidence to and also decision making there was times where you thought oh he might get a shot away everybody slid he slid Cunha in he's you know he's, he's made other decisions to, to keep keep possession and I thought he was really clever with a lot of his play and he was back to just doing what he does really well which is link the play he was never an out and out goal scorer that would get us like ridiculous amount of goals in a season but his linking of the play between that midfield and an attack to create chances and get people in behind was was excellent and he, he you know he, he was excellent all game I thought from when he came on and like Dave said you know he didn't know he was starting and sometimes that psychology of Suddenly, right, you called up, get your shin pads on, and it was so imminent you're coming on that you you didn't have time to think about it. But it's impressive that he's pulled that kind of display out of the bag, and it shows the desire he's got to still show us that he's he's still the player that he always was. So Wolves women had a disappointing result at the weekend, going out of the cup competition, losing 2-0 to a Watford side that they'd beaten in the Women's FA Cup a couple of seasons ago. Claire Hakeman was there, and this is her view. Well, given they're in equivalent division now, obviously we beat them in lockdown, but that was when they were in actually the division above. So I think in our heads, probably we went into it thinking we were probably probably on an even keel, really. I think the research that had been done showed that they're in a similar position to us in the league, just outside the, the leaders of the division. So... Um, but they were strong, they were decent, they were sharp and I think the fact that they got the early goals kind of set us back a little bit and we just struggled to get back into the game from then. As I said to Anna Price last week, the the, the win away at Watford in the Cup a couple of years ago, um, it obviously it was a very different time. I think you and I and our producer slash director was the only ones, mm-hmm. um, apart from Jenny Wilkes, the chairwoman, mm-hmm. who could actually be there. Uh, for that game um but it kind of it, it felt maybe not pivotal maybe that's not the right word but it, it felt kind of really important in terms of the journey that Wolves women were on at that time so does that add to the disappointment I guess because you you get the feeling that you know there was such a happy memory and maybe that feels like something's taken away from it in losing this game when actually you weren't expected to win that time. You may be expected to win this time. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a little bit flat. That's how exactly how it kind of felt, really. Um, and obviously the scenes that went on when we were there for the, the COVID win, well, I think it was a 4 one win, wasn't it, uh, in the FA Cup? And it, it was it was literally incredible scenes. Everything kind of went our way and there were some brilliant goals in there as well. But the real buzz about that, cup run was off the back of us obviously having the disappointment of not being able to see the league through when we were literally smashing it up at the top of the table so everything just pointed in the direction that year of being like what a moment that was and the cup running COVID with no spectators it just made it feel more special I suppose but yeah this yesterday was disappointing um, good opportunity for the girls to get to a final as well for this season but you know there's still lots to be played for we're, we're in contention for the league still and we're you know got 
County Cup semi-final coming up as well. So there's there's still still other stuff to go for, but I think it would have been nice to add a add a final to our season this year. King Wolf, one of those getting in touch uh, with questions on this episode, um, referencing a pretty contentious first Watford goal, maybe a foul on Summer Holmes. Yeah, possibly. I mean, <laughs> the referee, it was an interesting display yesterday. Um, I wouldn't say it massively affected the performance as such in terms of like how the way, the way that the game went, but um, there was a possibility of that. I think in fairness to um, the referee, I I don't. I. I didn't. I didn't think it was a clear, clear cut, but um, obviously it developed. The play escalated, and then and then they ended up scoring off the back of it, really. But um, yeah, it was. Dis- it's just disappointing, isn't it? It's disappointing to take when I think you go into a game thinking that you 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 can more than compete with them. And and in fairness to Watford, they were they were a quality side, really strong, uh, lots of physicality in there, some strong players, and you know at the moment for for us. It, Walls we've been we're missing Amber Amber Hughes and she's she's not played since the turn of the year and she's still second top goal scorer in the league. So that tells you a lot of how many goals she got for us up until Christmas. So missing her is just huge. We also had Beth Roberts that we've just signed from Stoke. She was cup tied, and we had Josie Smith who's coming from Everton who uh, wasn't legible to play. So you know, like there was there was a few little factors that you know played it played it played its part maybe, but I think once we get Amber back and 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 Beth back on the pitch as well, I think we'll we'll more than compete with a lot of the teams in our league. Talk to us about those new signings because uh, it's been it was quite a set group for quite a while, and then the beginning of last season there was this influx of players that a lot of them came from Coventry United that all played together before, so you were kind of implanting half a team that had been very successful into an already successful team, and it it worked. Um, it feels like maybe since the turn of the year there's there's just been this drip feeding of new talent coming into it are we seeing an, an evolution of what Dan McNamara wants to do yeah I think so I think we need you you know you, you always need to ask, add fresh players in don't you I suppose um uh Beth Roberts that's coming from Stoke is is excellent uh, I think she's settled in really well very quickly she's only played a couple of games really but I've been really impressed from what I've seen from her she was involved in the England under 23 setup uh, so she's got a, a lot of quality about her, and you can really see that. And I think she'll really grow with us as well because she's, you know, she's impacted already in terms of her getting forward. She's very much an attacking wing back on the left hand side, so she's added added a bit of value there. Um, and then Josie Smith's coming from Everton. Uh, she's a young player, so maybe more one for the future. She's currently on loan from Everton WSLA. Um, so we'll see how, how how she impacts. But she would have been, I think, in and around the squad yesterday if she could have played, but. Um, I'm thinking the next couple of se- next couple of weeks, you've got injuries that will start to play its part. We've got County Cup coming in, so extra games. So you do need a little bit of a bigger squad to try and build that bench because it is the time where you start to get the little niggles. And we, you know, we lost players at this t- stage last season, so um, really important we keep everybody fit and hopefully get Amber Hughes back on the pitch as soon as we can. And there's a couple of derbies coming up as well. Yeah, we've um, we've got a big week. We've got uh, we've got foiled this weekend um, away from home, which will actually be tough. They're just outside the relegation zone, but they actually beat us at the start of the year, um, which was a bit uh, kind of not not expected, I would say. But um, unfortunately, it happened. So a uh, little bit of a setback. But uh, next week, Thursday night, we actually play at the Hawthorns, which is quite nice. So 
Uh, it's a league game away away at the Hawthorns, which is which is a nice one to go for. And I think there's a real hope that we can try and get. I know the tickets are online on on being sold through the Wolves website as well through our ticket office, which is great. So uh, it's very accessible for fans to get to next Thursday night, seven forty five kickoff. It would be great to have a decent crowd down there for that one. And then literally on the following Sunday, we actually play at Keys Park at Hensford in the County Cup semi-final against the Albion. So it's, you know, back-to-back derbies Thursday and Sunday. So I think the girls are in for recovery on Friday night as well. So it's going to be a busy few days. I mean, they are genuinely um, enjoyable occasions, aren't they? You and I were at the game at Sutton Coalfield last year where Tammy George scored like an outrageous goal from about 40 yards that night. Um, And of course, you and I were at the under-23s, as it still was, the Premier League Cup final at the Hawthorns, which actually had a what five and a half thousand crowd, I think two thousand Wolves fans. It was it was pretty. I mean, obviously there were scenes at the end when Albion won the penalty shootout, but I mean it felt like a derby, right? And if we can get plenty of fans going over there for the women's game, that could add some expect to the spectacle. Yeah, definitely, and I think the fact that the obviously the men's first team haven't got a game against Albion in the in the schedule, have they? So I think when the twenty threes played in that final, it was incredible, wasn't it? The atmosphere you kind of didn't really expect it to be what it was, and you know, Wolves fans travelled really well, which was which was brilliant to see, and it'd be great to see if we could get some you know fans down there to go and get a Black Country derby in and, and go and support the women because you know the three points is massive for us and. Um, it'll be a tough one to go to. I think it's always tough when you go to a, a men's ground and you you may be away from home and you you know it's easy to get caught in the fact that the stadium is really big and you know it's a bit of an occasion. So it'll be a really good, important one for the girls to play at. But it's also a bit of memory making for them. Is it's, it's not very often you get to play in you know a big stadium and hopefully Albion can get a crowd in as well and we can pack a few Wolves fans in too. While we're mentioning uh, the under twenty ones. Not the best result for them. A 3-1 defeat at Brighton on Sunday. Um, They've had some senior players like Pedro Neto and others be involved in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Harry Birtwistle with a late goal. It was a a younger under-21 lineup in that one, bringing to an end a three-game unbeaten run. Um, But Christian Marquez, we are seeing more of uh, getting some game time in the minute because it's a strange old time. I know that you're very much involved around the academy setup these days, Claire, that, um, you know, you've got a balance of youngsters coming through and getting their opportunity. And then one or two others like Christian Marquez, who maybe might not have thought they were going to be here at this stage of the season, who are kind of trying to tick over and, and help out with their experience at this level. Yeah, I think so. I think it's really important. But I think the one thing I would say is they've had such a rotation of players. And like you say, with availability and um, I think when obviously the first team squad, when they're training, sometimes they're having some of the 21s go up into training with the first team as well. So there's there's lots of rotation. It's really interesting to see how how the balance goes. But you've still got some really solid uh, players in there. Like, you know, Ollie Tipton that's been in and around it now for quite quite a while. Dexter Lembekisa that has obviously gone in between first team and, and now back into the 21s. But, you know, really strong player in terms of him as well. Um, great to see Joe Hodge getting some minutes as well. Obviously, he's been in and around the first team. I think he's an absolute quality player. He reminds me much of different kind of player, but, you know, Luke Kundal, the attitude that he seems to have in terms of nobody can speak highly enough of him in terms of his attitude and the fact that he's desperate for minutes and really keen to play and um, really good when he just slot back into the 21s and appreciates there's no... You know, somebody that's been in the first team that might have a bit of a, you know, attitude of like, you know, I've 
made it now. He's he's very much one to get his head down and work really hard and, and keep learning. And I think he'll add a lot of value when he does get to come into the 21 side as well. So it's really good to see. And it's, you know, good when they've seen the transition of Neto needing some minutes and, and dropping down there as well. So it adds a little, it's, it's a nice angle for um, some of the 21s players, maybe the younger end, maybe we've got some 18s and 19s that are playing in there. So it's a good experience for them mm. to play with somebody of the calibre of Pedro Neto and him and Lembekis are linked up really well when they played together against Arsenal, you know, a week, couple of weeks ago at the training ground. So it's just interesting to see the transitions between and, you know, there's still a lot of talent to come through. Um, Joe Hodge is, is, is one that we know we, you, you'd probably keep your eye on now, Lembekisa as well. So um, it's just interesting to see that the talent that does keep coming through. And obviously this season's given us Hugo Buena off the back of an incredible campaign last year. We, we watched him a lot didn't we for the for the 21s and it was so really pleasing just to see the way that he's stepped up and absolutely not gone back down because he is he's very he's integral to that squad well you mentioned ollie tipton um david hallard's asked a question says will we ever see another kid from the black country playing for wolves um ollie tipton signing a new contract uh in the last week or so he's been nominated for the premier league two player of the month for february um i think he's from penn isn't he uh, Tippo, um, def- definitely local. Wolverhampton boy. Um, you got Tyler Roberts. You got Nathan Fraser. Um, there's a, a good little group of of local boys in and around that age group now. Now we never know whether any of them are definitely going to make it because there's lots of different factors to it. But there's a nice little sprinkling, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I think I mean Fraser's like you forget how young he still is. So he's mixing it up in the twenty ones. I think he's still what is he eighteen? Just turned eighteen. Yeah. yeah. So he's literally just there. So I mean, he could easily still qualify for playing for the under eighteens. You know, so um, it's impressive in itself. So I mean, you've got that's what you've got to aim for, isn't it? You think he more going to give what one can give what that's come through, and you know, Dean Sanderson that's just come back in after being on loan at. At blue, so there's you know there's lots of talent in there. I think it's just so it's fine margins, isn't it? Academy football as well. Like the 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 chances really of it happening, even like when you think of Danny Bart obviously coming through the system and and getting into the first team. I think now that we're probably targeting, if you think of what Lopetegui might target next year, you've got to be looking at maybe targeting Europe. And if we are, then the, the margins are going to be even tighter for somebody to to break through. And you know you'll be looking at that loan system, the way that we've kind of played it where people go out on loan and then come back in and we let we see if they're ready so and that that kind of was the story with Morgan Gibbs White wasn't it at the start of the season he came back in it was a nice story he went out on loan proved at Sheffield United what a good player he was came back into us was looking like he could be you know a player for us most definitely in the squad and then obviously an offer comes in but still it's credit to the academy and the, the players that they're producing that that Morgan came through and, and and I suppose the sale came off and it shows the quality that we had. Uh, the under-18s had a 3-0 defeat to Blackburn at the weekend, but looking at the lineup, there was actually a couple of under-16s playing in amongst there. Um, again, it, it's a it's a weird time in academy and development football, but the under-21s actually don't have a game for a week or so, so I wonder whether there might be an opportunity, because I think the 18s do have quite a few games coming thick and fast. Um, by the time people will have listened to this. Uh, the 18s will have played at Everton. Uh, so we hope that um, they have a good game in that one as well. Um, but yeah, there's a, a lot of young talent making its way through. And hopefully uh, one or two, maybe if we're lucky, will make it into the first team. And if they're local boys, then all the better for it. If you have any other questions, 
Uh, as ever, you can always get in touch with us at Mikey Burrows on Twitter, and uh, we will put your questions to our pundits, especially when they're about the academy, because it's good to give people an insight into what's going on there. Wolverhampton is a proud and diverse city, proud of its history and proud of its people. When times are tough and life is challenging, Wolverhampton stands together. At Wolves Foundation, we are the heartbeat of the community. We support thousands of people across the city of all ages and abilities. Half of the people we work with are from areas among the most deprived 10% in the country. We encourage people to become healthier and more active. 92% of our participants have improved their mental and physical well-being. We develop lifelong learning and skills. 90% of our participants have improved their educational achievement. We work hard to build safe, strong and active communities. 84% of our participants feel they have contributed to a safer, stronger and more inclusive community. Football is such a powerful sport. It brings us together and drives us forward. At Wolves Foundation, we are proud of our work and proud of our impact. Creating opportunities and changing lives. Dave Edwards and Claire Hakeman with us on Wolves Weekly. Let's talk Newcastle. Uh, what are we expecting, Edo, in terms of a Newcastle team who have had a bit of a tough run of the last couple of weeks and having lost the cup final, the, this will be their first game back in front of their own fans since then. They'll, they'll be keen to to put things right, won't they? They will be, definitely. But I think it's a game which really suits Wolves now off the back of the, the Tottenham win, I think. The, the Newcastle fans will be very expectant of a recent run of form, which hasn't been great for Newcastle. They haven't scored a lot of goals. And then all of a sudden, they lose that cup final, which they've been building up to for so long. I think they're starting to, the, champ, the Champions League place is starting to look in a little bit of jeopardy as well. So I think they'll be expecting a big performance from their team. And I just think the way that Wolves can set up against those sorts of teams who are expected to come out and, and, and sort of dominate the game, even though Newcastle aren't particularly that sort of team, um, I think it will really suit Lopetegui and, and the way he sets the team up to be a little bit more solid. And then with the the counter-attacking weapons that they have in the squad with Wolves is just incredible. And I know Newcastle have been defensively very good, but they're going to leave space at St. James's Park because they're going to be expected to be on the front foot. They're going to be expected to be high up the pitch. And then when you bring in, say, the likes of Traore, Neto, if he plays, Pedence, if he's fit, uh, fit and fire and rouse, Sarabia with his movement as well. I think it's, yeah, it's, it really suits Wolves to go there and get a result. There's no pressure on them to to go and win the game 2 or 3 0. They can, a draw is a great result. So they can play that way, but they will get opportunities. Well, here's a question for both of you. Um, Claire, you can go first, then Edo, you can chime back in. Tom Sperring says, if everyone was fit and firing, what would our best starting front three be? Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Um, that um, fit, if everybody's fit and firing, I would say, uh, I think it's all combinations with us. I, it depends on the opposition. So I'm gonna, I'm not gonna completely sit on the fence, but you know, if we go in for a game, 
you I'd like I think Troy Ray's been impact, but equally I do like I do like having the option of Troy off the bench. Uh so I'd probably on current form, which is based on Saturday, Jimenez starts as the central striker because we've got a central striker that's due a goal. Apparently been it's been about a year, right? So okay, him, Traore, and if Neto was fine firing he gives you a nice bit of balance with the left-sided player. I'm looking for a little bit from Sarabia at the moment. I'm not, I haven't seen, I think there's a player there, but I just haven't, I don't know quite where he slots in. I noticed on his article recently, he wrote about he wants to score goals and he wants to join in with a striker. So maybe we need to give him a bit of a chance. But let's go, let's go real attacking and go Jimenez, Traore, Neto. That's, that's, that's bold. Yeah. It's very bold. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that, I love, I love Traore, I really do. But I think his impact off the bench is always so much better, uh, which nobody wants to be an impact player. They want to be started every week. So I I would say if, judging on recent performances, it'd be hard to leave Cooney right because he, he links play so well. But for an, for Wars, I think having that out number nine helps the team so much. And it's what we've missed all season. So if, if Jimenez plays like he did on, on Saturday, I think Jimenez would start... And then if everyone else is fit, I do like Sarabia on that right-hand side. I think he's got a little bit of guile about him. He's not hit the heights yet of what I think is fully expected. But I, I think I'd play him and I'd probably play, if he was fit, Pedence on the left-hand side. I think he gives you options. I know they're inverted wingers, but I think with our full with our full-backs, I think they can really get up and around them. But I like that as a front three. I feel like you've got goals and assists in there. And then if him and Ez, you've got a bit of a physical presence as well. But in in that effect, you're going with a four, aren't you? With with Cunha playing behind. And, oh, I know no, no Cunha, no for him. No, no, him. okay, no Cunha. Because I was going to ask, like, yeah. obviously, it's something we did at Fulham. Is it too bold to go to Newcastle yeah. with with two in midfield and and playing Cunha as a ten? I, I I really like Wolves at four four two. I really do playing. I think when Sarabia's played up there with Cunha, I think it's worked. Look at the Liverpool game at home, um, and I think if you could play Cunha off him there's I think that's where Cunha operates his best sort of linking and linking play in the pockets he's very difficult to mark because he starts up against defenders and then he just drifts into sort of 10 15 yards into these areas he knows he, he won't go deep enough that he affects the opposition's midfield but as an opposition center half you look and think i don't want to go in there with you so more often than not they want to stay in their shape and they'll stay there and he picks up the ball in these pockets and i think that's where he's at his best um yeah, I, I would like that. And maybe if he did play Cunha with Jimenez, I'd maybe sacrifice Sarabia and have a bit more of a winger on that that one side because I think you could have too many players trying to operate in that in that area. But yeah, I do like Wolves at 4-4-1-1, if you like. Player? It, it, it totally tells you, doesn't it, that we've got so many different combinations we don't actually know what to go with. <laughs> I think the one thing I would say is I'm really interested at the moment about like, the Pedence kind of the fact that he's injured, obviously, uh, you know, he hasn't been involved as much recently, but a lot of our goals and assists at that middle point in the season came from Podence. He's still our top goal scorer, our joint top goal scorer in Evers, you know, in the Premier League. So he's, you know, he's still of value. But I think coming off the bench in recent weeks when he has, I think he's had, you know, very limited impact, if any. So I don't know whether I would have thought, and I actually thought he might start or there might be a chance for him to start because actually... He was having no impact off the bench. Maybe he needs to, you know, have go a, you know, ninety minutes or you know, start in a game to see if he can in step in. So, um, for me, Jimenez, yeah, I think Jimenez, and I, I do probably like Dave said that Traore off the bench is is probably you know an option that you want to go at. But the one thing you would say is that 
Wolves, as the season has developed and evolved, we've now got a bench to go up. We've got these decisions to make, you know, start of the season. What was the Leeds game, Mikey? We had Chem Campbell and we were really clutching. I think it was a defensive, a defence heavy bench at Leeds away. And we had so few, we were playing Wang that had only just come back from injury. And, you know, we were really struggling for any attacking players. So, um, yeah, the way that it's from, changed. Apart from Connor Cody, I think it was about eight youngsters on the bench that day at Leeds. And obviously some of them have gone on to play first-team football now, but at the time they hadn't. No, I mean, I think Bruno Lage, you just remember him looking around at the bench thinking, how am I going to change this? And looking, going, they're all defenders. I can't, like, where, where are we going to go with this? But yeah, since then we've seen Hugo Bueno come in and, you know, you'd, you'd count him. I mean, he's probably your starting left-back, I would say. But uh, saying that slightly off the subject, but I think Johnny Otto did well on, on Sunday and I don't think he was somebody that people expected to play or probably backed because we'd seen him come on as sub and look a bit nervy at, at points and he hadn't had masses of minutes, but I think he, he was solid, you know, he looked a bit edgy at the start, but really grew into the game and, and contributed getting forward, took it into the midfield at points as well where we needed him to and uh, did, did a really good job coming back into the team. I think he really needed that, didn't he, Johnny? He needed that game because he said he's been looking edgy in that first five minutes. I thought oh, he looks a little bit nervous again, but he really grew into it and he played a big part in the was it the Semedo chance at the back post that he slipped the ball in for for Jimenez. We saw we haven't seen that from from Johnny for quite a while, have we? Where he's high up the pitch, affecting the game um, with confidence. So that'll do him the world of good. And it, it's brilliant for um, Lopetegui. It gives him another option in that left back role. I mean, it, it all means that there's some quite interesting team selection decisions to be made again, going to a place where actually, um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the greatest last season, but thinking of Johnny scoring at St. James's Park in a draw, Matt Doherty with a late winner there in the last couple of years in the Premier League, uh, there's some decent memories there. And and maybe Johnny, maybe Samedo, if we're talking of fullback slash wingbacks to do the business again uh, could be the ones to to be the difference, Edo. Yeah, we say we've got a good record. I think even going further back than that, remember Held Acosta scoring one two 0 up there in the championship. That was a that was a good away day. Um, but yeah, under under Nuno, the the wingbacks and fullbacks were so important, weren't they, in contributing an attacking sense and the way our fullbacks play. Like I love Hugo Bueno. It's such a shame he's he's out injured. Um, I think he is going to be like, honestly one of the best left backs in the Premier League. He has that that much ability for such a young age. Um, but with him, Samedo, Johnny, Eight, Nori, just all players we'd love to get forwards. And if we can get them affecting the game more at the, high, at the higher end of the pitch, then the better. Like I said, when you play inverted wingers in particular, especially playing Sarabia, Podence, some players like that, then they roll inside. It's vital that they're going to get up and beyond them and. My one criticism probably is there's not been enough enough assists, enough good crosses. I think Bueno's brought that to to the Wolves team. I think Ignori probably does a bit too much on the ball before putting it in the box. But Semedo in recent weeks, I don't know if it's the addition of um, of Dawson, which has made him feel a bit more conf confident with the talking on that side. But he's def his form's definitely picked up in the last three or four weeks. And he's getting higher up the pitch and producing as well. So... Um, yeah, they're definitely big assets attacking and defensively, and they've been playing well recently. So, Claire, we go there with a bit of confidence and maybe, just maybe, get some more points. Yeah, hopefully so. I think that, like we said before, I think the pressure's off, really. Now, getting that three points against Spurs, we can go there and, and, and play our football. And I think there's a lot of pressure on them because they've had back-to-back -back, you know, losses and... 
I think they haven't scored for a little while. I think for me, we want to be packing that midfield. I expect to probably see a very similar starting lineup. My question marks would probably be Nunes, whether he whether he starts or not, because I'm not sure. Like we haven't seen a performance. I still think a bit like Dave said, I'd rather have Matinho coming on off the bench. But uh, and then whether Neto starts is the other one. I think it was quite early for him to get the the minutes for for the 45, and whether he'll will play again or whether we'll mix it up and add somebody else into the mix and. Uh, Cunyar is obviously ready to go, so he might be somebody that does come in to impact that. But I think we've got to go with confidence. We've got to go. I'd love to come away with a minimum of a point and, and start a little unbeaten run going into the, into the Leeds game because we know they're massively under pressure and just outside that drop zone. So we want to keep gaining points now and keep pulling ourselves away. Thanks for listening to the all-new Wolves Weekly from Wolves Radio. Don't forget to give us a follow at Wolves across social media. And all the very latest is at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.